Hi folks, FPL General here recording a new episode of my 59th Minute FPL podcast recording on Tuesday August 6th so it's finally here, we're only three days away from kickoff. I can't believe, I can't believe it's rolled around so quickly yeah, that, was a, that was a very fast summer um, wanted to get a podcast out this week before things do kick off it's a, an extremely busy week for me, I dread this week every season um, and I'm, I already can't wait for the for the deadline to arrive but wanted to get a pod out so um going to go through some housekeeping first just talk about what my plans are for the season a couple of new things to talk about as well then I, I put out a tweet yesterday for questions ahead of game week one so I'm going to run through probably five or six of those some of the they cover some of the main the main talking points um for building a game week one team and then I'm going to finish the podcast just by going through uh, five of the big questions I'm asking myself this week. So I've noted down the the biggest thing, the biggest dilemmas I have basically uh, when I'm trying to finalise my game week one team. So all in, probably 40, 45 minutes I would imagine for this one. Uh, so housekeeping first of all, I just want to welcome any new listeners as well. I usually get a, a big spike uh, of new followers in July and August. So if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Um, when the season starts, I I will be releasing a podcast every Tuesday, uh, apart from the international break. So whenever there's an international break, I won't do one in the first week of the international break. I'll do one in the second one. So every Tuesday by 5 p.m. UK time, you should have a new 59th minute episode, which will look back on the previous game week and look ahead to the upcoming one as well. So usually they're around 30 to 40 minutes maximum, so I don't I don't tend to go on too long. Like to keep it short, to the point, uh, and nice and easy for you to listen to. Um, most of you will know as well, I have a new website, fplgeneral.com. So if you haven't done so yet, check that out. It's a work in progress. We will be adding lots of new content and features throughout the season. Um, some really good content on there now from season ticket holders. So I've got a season ticket holder from every Premier League team. And they're going to be doing uh, FPL match reports after each game. So each week there should be 10 match reports uh, on the website fplgeneral.com. So if you're interested in a Leicester player, for example, you can jump on and read the match report from the most recent Leicester game from someone who was sitting in the in the stadium watching the game. So really excited about those. Um, something else I want to flag up as well about the website. There's a couple of old podcasts there of mine which I would highly recommend you listen to before uh, before the season starts. Two in particular. One of them is 11 Tips for FPL Success. It's only about a half an hour long. Um, and the other one is... The podcast that I did at the end of last season, it's called Lessons Learned. Yeah, I think it's called, yeah, Season Review slash Lessons Learned. So that's a really good one because I had an awful season last season and there was a lot to be taken and learned from that. So I think if there was one podcast you should listen to before Friday, it's that one of mine, Lessons Learned, um, and just learn from my mistakes last season. Uh, what else do I need to mention before I get into this? Um, I also do a another podcast every week called Fantasy Weekly with James and there's actually three of them coming out this week so there's going to be one on Wednesday, one on Thursday and another one on Friday so be, be sure to check out Fantasy Weekly podcast as well. Um, 
Fantasy Weekly is part of the Fantasy Bet Network, uh, and Fantasy Bet have a a very exciting daily fantasy competition starting on Friday called Fantasy Divisions. Um, so basically, what it is, first two weeks are a qualifying round, and then depending on how you get on the first two weeks, you're put into certain divisions. Every four weeks, then you've got promotion and relegation. So ten thousand, ten thousand pound up for grabs in that one, uh, and it's just five fifty to enter a team in that one. So as always, it's eighteen plus uh, and be gamble aware. Any questions you have about Fancy Bet as well, just send me send me a message and I'll be happy to explain it more to you. Um, last season was my first season having a, you know, last season was my first year going full-time into working in fantasy. Um, so the main, the main source of my income comes from my Patreon page um, and I've updated it for the new season. It's going to be bigger and better than it was last year. So if you want to find out more about that, it's patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Just a quick idea of what you get for, for $3 a month there. You get probably going to be about five or six podcasts a week on Patreon. Um, I'm going to, every every Premier League game I watch this season, I'm going to do an eye test versus stats podcast for it. So short podcast, only about 10 to 15 minutes long for each game that is televised in the UK. So the plan is probably to do maybe one of those each week that will be free to everyone to listen to. But the majority of them will be for, for the Patreon subscribers there. Um, also on Patreon every Thursday you get an extra podcast which also comes out as a video um, usually by a Thursday I'm more clued in to what I'm going to do with my team so you get to get to find out what, what I'm doing I send an email to patrons every Friday as well with a press conference roundup so you don't have to go looking for all the news you get it all in one place sent directly to your emails um, and you get you get to see my team and my transfers every week as well before the deadline. So all of that for for three dollars a month. So if you're interested, you'll find the links on my my Twitter page for that. Uh, one last piece of housekeeping before I get stuck into the questions. Last season I did a fundraiser mini league for the Cam Zone uh, to to raise money and and more so really to raise awareness of the Cam Zone and what they do. You know they're doing great work for men's mental health. So I've set up the league again this season. Um, so all you need to do really is just Google FPL Cam Mini League, and that should bring you to the to the Just Given page. And when you make a donation, no matter how big or small it is, you'll get the you'll see the you'll see the the the, the Mini League code then on the on the on the Just Given page. Uh, we raised I think we raised about two thousand six hundred pounds last season, and we didn't start until around game week ten. So this season I'm hoping to you know build on that figure and get it to five thousand uh, pounds. But more importantly. Get the get the cam zone name out there and, and get more men talking. That's the main reason for that. So, the prize for that mini league this season, I'm going to give the winner a Premier League jersey of their choice. And um, so, whoever wins that mini league at the end of the season, I'll be asking them what what Premier League shirt do they want for the 2020 2021 season, and I'll send it to them. So, nice prize there for anyone who wants to donate to the charity. Right. That is enough uh, housekeeping. Uh, as I said, I've got about five or six questions here, uh, and then I'll talk about my own uh, headaches then as well. So the first question came in from Navishka. Uh, Navishka is asking about the Man United defence. Is the United defence re- reliable now with Juan Bissaka and Harry Maguire there? So two. Two good signings for United. Uh, Juan Bissaka in particular is an excellent signing. I feel I'm not a huge fan of Harry Maguire, but he is better than what is already there. So I do expect more clean sheets from United this season. But for me, in FPL terms, 
I'm happy enough just to to wait and see, and that kind of goes for United in general. I'm not really interested in any United players for game week one, mainly because of the fixtures. We've got Chelsea first, and then we've got Wolves, so it's a pretty tough start to the season. So I'm happy just to wait and see. You know, how do we look defensively? You know, how do the likes of Martial, Rashford, these players look? Pogba as well, and then maybe make a call on them from from game week three onwards. So for me, I think the United defence should be more reliable. Will it be is, is another question. So for me, it's just a wait and see on, on United. Next question is from Dieter. Uh, Dieter asks, uh, who are he? he's talking about bench fodder players here. So he's asking, who, who are the best 4 million defenders and who are the best 4.5 million midfielders and forwards? So starting with defenders, first of all, the player I've got in my team, and I'm seeing him in a lot of teams as well, is Sheffield United's uh, Lundstrom. So he's played, I think he's played every minute in pre-season. If not, he's, he's, it's, it's been close to every minute. So that's why he's popping up in a lot of teams. Four million, you just sit him on your bench and, you know, you sit him third on your bench. You never really want to use him. Um, so he looks good to start the season. Now, I know a lot of Sheffield United fans are not, they don't think he'll keep his place long term. But if he starts the first couple of games, great, you know, uh, and he should hold his value as well. So he's the one in my team. There's not many other options really at the moment unless things open up with a few late transfers before Thursday night's transfer deadline. Um, that's the Premier League transfer deadline, not the not the FPL deadline, not to, not to panic people there saying there's a, a Thursday deadline. So things like Burnley, there's a lot of talk that Tarkowski could possibly move to Leicester if that happened. That might open up uh, Ben Gibson as a four million defender for us. Um, at Bournemouth, I think there's some injuries there at left back now. I think the guy Kelly, the new guy Kelly, is injured, so that could that could see Rico, who's four million, uh, play a couple of games. But again, these four million defenders, you usually get what you pay for. Um, you know, Wan Bissak and Bennett were were godsends last season. I don't think we're going to have anything like that this year, unless possibly Gibson at Burnley um, becomes an option. So for me, it's Lundstrom. I think that's the one I'll go for. Uh, not one to overthink there, really. Moving to uh, bench fodder midfielders then. 4.5 million. I think Den Donker is the obvious one here. Plays for a good side. Looks like he'll play uh, most weeks. And you know he gets forward as well. He's not one of these you know midfielders who just sits and protects the back four. Towards the end of last season, he was getting forward. Got himself a couple of goals. So I think Den Donker is a, is a very good option as a... As a sub, you know, I'm seeing him pop up in a lot of starting 11s. I don't like that, um, but I do like him as a first sub or a second sub. So Dendonker is on my bench. Uh, the only other one I've got noted down here is Hayden at Newcastle. Had a, had a pretty productive season last year. I think he was 4.5 last season as well. So again, will he play? We're not 100% sure, but but if he's still if he's still at Newcastle, I think he will be a, a, an option for the bench as well. But for me, Dendonker, easy pick. Stick him in, forget about it. Uh, forwards then 4.5 million forwards so there's lots of love for Mason Greenwood at United 4.5 you know he's got decent minutes in pre-season I think he played I think he started in game week 38 last season as well so he's, he's very highly rated the worry for me with him is I think he's up at around 14-15% ownership which is huge for a 4.5 million striker if we start the season um you know, if Greenwood does nothing, or if he just starts getting five or ten minutes from the bench and he's not scoring goals, everyone's going to sell him, and he's very quickly going to become four point four, possibly even four point three million, and that's a bit of a nightmare. 
um, you know, when it comes to playing your wild card, you know, you've lost point two or point three unnecessarily there, really. So that's why I'm. I think I'm probably going to avoid Greenwood for that reason. Um, I think I've got Wickham in there instead. Uh, Crystal Palace striker Wickham, just again to to warm the bench. So Dendonker will be my first sub. Um, you know, probably Wickham second, and then or probably Lundstrom second, and then Wickham third. I just feel you know with your bench players, you want them to hold their value. Um, and I think Wickham has a better chance of doing that and Wickham should get some minutes off the bench as well and that's all you can really ask for from a, from a 4.5 million striker um, but let's see you know Greenwood come could you know if, if Solskjaer gives him a start game week 1 game week 2 gets a couple of goals then great you've got a great 4.5 million asset on your bench as well but for me I think I'm just going to avoid and see and see how he does uh, good question there Dieter thanks for that one Um the next questions come in are about Leicester. So two similar questions here. First one was from Rodrigo. Should we start the season with Leicester players despite their fixtures? And uh, a similar question as well from FPL Crypto. Are we all prematurely jumping on Leicester? So lots of love for Leicester assets. Under Rodgers, you know, there's lots of good options. Vardy, Tielemans, Madison, Perez... The defenders are, are decent options as well, but the big caveat is the the fixtures. You know, I'm just looking at them in front of me here. The first eight for Leicester are Wolves, Chelsea, then they've got Sheffield and Uni- Sheffield United and Bournemouth, which is okay. But then they've got United, Spurs, Newcastle, and Liverpool. So when you look at it as a, a first eight set of fixtures, it's pretty it's pretty nasty. Um, yes, there's just, you know two or three nice fixtures in there, but the majority of them are pretty nasty. Uh, and that's making me think twice about including uh, Leicester assets in my team. So I think Vardy, Vardy's, I think Vardy's the best Leicester option because we know what he's like. The, the fixtures don't really matter for Vardy. You know, he's got a great record against the bigger sides. He's on penalties uh, and he's going to play every week. So I think he's a very good option. It, it's just an awkward price point for Vardy, uh, and he's not in my side at the moment because of that price. Really, that's probably the only reason he's not in my team is his price. He just doesn't fit into my current structure. Um, the only Leicester player in my latest draft is Perez. Now, I've been tweeting, you know, during the summer about Perez, how I'm not overly keen on him as an FPL asset. You know, I'm trying to get people to, to sell him to me. The reason he keeps finding his way into my team is his price. You know, I, I just don't like anyone else at 6.5 million or less uh, when it comes to midfielders. So he really, it's his price that's getting him into my side. And he is a proven FPL player. You know, he's got, I think he got 12 goals in the last two, you know, 12 goals in each of the last two seasons, you know, playing for a very defensive uh, team at uh, Newcastle. So the hope would be, obviously, he comes in, Rodgers loves it, you know, he, he becomes a favourite of Rodgers and, and he hits the ground running, you know, and he plays close to Vardy up front and he and he bangs in, you know, 15, 15 plus goals. So that is the hope. Uh, and I definitely think there is potential there for him to do that in that team. And again, it's just his price. Um you know, there's. I think there's a very good chance he will just stay in my my game week one draft now because again, as I say, I don't really like the any any of the others at at his in his price bracket. Madison Tielemans, great options as well, but I just think the point five seven on, on Perez, uh, I just like that. Um, I think the fact that they've lost Maguire, you know, that puts me off their defence, you know, completely. We don't really know who's going to be playing uh, in at centre defence for for Leicester, so that puts me off the likes of Pereira and Chilwell. You know, Pereira and Chilwell are both great attacking fullbacks. They should get you know plenty of assists, yeah, and maybe a few goals as well. But 
clean sheet wise, I'm just not overly confident in Leicester, you know, again, especially with those fixtures as well. So that's some of my thoughts on Leicester. Um, I don't, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be getting two Leicester assets for the start of the season. I think one is fine. And it just really comes down to what your preference is out of those attackers. There's lots of good options there. Next question was from Lewis. Uh, a question about goalkeepers. So Lewis is asking, should we set and forget a premium goalkeeper or alternate between two cheaper goalkeepers? So maybe two 4.5 options. So that's obviously two two popular strategies are, you know, get a premium, get someone like Ederson or Allison, and just forget about it. Or you can get another popular strategy in FPL is always to get two, two 4.5 goalkeepers. So an example there would be someone like Pope and Heaton. And just, you know, play the guy who plays, who's got the easiest fixture every week. The third option I'll add in there as well is just getting a 4.5 million uh, set and forget. Because that's probably what I'm going to do. Because I've never had much luck doing the 4.5 million rotation. Um, You know, it's very frustrating. You know, you, quite quite often what happens is you'll play, you'll play the keeper who has the easier fixture. But it's the other goalkeeper sitting on your bench who racks up the save points against, uh, you know, maybe a top six team. And, get, and gets bonus points as well. So... I always try and take the frustration out of FPL and that's one way I like to do it. I'd rather just get a goalkeeper and play them every week rather than having to look at, you know, big points on my bench from a goalkeeper. So, uh, you know, it also saves 0.5 and, and, you know, every 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 draft I put together, I always, I'm always saying I wish I had another 0.5 and, you know, going with a 4.5 million goalkeeper and a 4 million backup. So spending 8.5 on your goalkeepers rather than 9, you know, that gives you that extra 0.5 that can be be the difference um, elsewhere in your team, so um, that, that's what I'm going for. I've got Pope. I've got Pope and goal at the minute, um, probably because he was so good for me a couple of seasons ago. I got him. I got right on him when Heaton got injured, and he was he was a he played a big part in me getting the, the top 500 finish that season himself. And I had Ben me as well, I think, and they racked up the clean sheets and the bonus points. So I'm on Pope at the minute. I'm not 100 percent set on him because of the early fixtures for Burnley. Just looking at them here, uh, it's Southampton, Arsenal, Wolves, Liverpool. So for a first four, that is not ideal for, for Burnley defence. So part of me is thinking of maybe going a different direction with the goalkeeper and maybe getting Pope on the wild card whenever I play it. But I think, you know, if, if I had to lock my team in now this evening, I think Pope would be in it. So that really, I need to take another look at goalkeepers. It's probably something I've ignored the last couple of days. And before Friday, I will be taking another look. But pretty sure I'll be going for a 4.5 million and a 4 million backup. Just spending the minimum amount on, on that position. Uh, last question I'll tackle before I talk about some of my own questions is from Abhishek. So Abhishek asks, how important is it to have a playing bench for the start of the season? So, uh, my team and most teams I'm seeing on uh, social media and Reddit and things like that and, and on Slack are, you know, spending the minimum on, on, on the bench. So, you're talking about a 4 million goalkeeper and then depending on formation, you've got maybe a 4 million defender and then two 4.5s as well. So, you know, Dent Onker looks good because you can have him as first sub and he should get, you know, 90 minutes most weeks. So he's ideal as a first sub as long as Wolves don't, you know, sign anyone in a, in, a, in, a, in his position, which could happen before before Friday. Um, so I think for the start of the season, the bench is not as important, but the key is to have, you know, the players in your starting 11 need to be nailed on players. So you don't want to be taking punts 
in your starting eleven, you know, getting two or three guys, you know, maybe Chelsea players that we're not sure if they're going to play. Um, I'm trying to think of a few other examples, but you know, you don't want to have punts in your starting eleven and then have, you know, a dirt cheap bench who who don't play. So you know, I think that's the key if you're going for it for a you know complete budget bench. Make sure that the eleven players in your team. Make sure you're confident that they're all going to start game week one. Um, so I think that's that's the main message there. So for me, I'm happy enough to go, you know, completely budget defence, and then maybe when it comes to wildcard, um, you know, maybe I'll I invest maybe an extra point five or an extra million in the bench at the end. But but I think it's completely fine for the start to go with a weak bench. Maybe if you have Den Donker, Lundstrom, these kind of guys. Um, but the key is the starting eleven. Make sure your starting eleven is a group of eleven players who you can be very confident that will start game week one. Moving on now uh, to my own big questions that I need to answer myself this week before the deadline. So I've noted down five here. So the f- the biggest one for me is De Bruyne. So I've, I've, I've just written down here, do I want Kevin De Bruyne alongside Sterling? So Sterling is locked in in my team alongside Salah. Um, I think Salah and Sterling are just easy picks. They take the stress out of the captaincy as well for the first, you know, first chunk of the season. Um, the big question I have is do I want De Bruyne in there as well now the problem with if I if I want to add De Bruyne I need to make I need to make downgrades elsewhere so at, so at the moment uh, De Bruyne is not in my draft but he could be he could be by Friday as I say to get him in it means you know maybe downgrading in defence or, or even downgrading a striker as well so that's that's kind of putting me off um, at the minute but again it's just his price, nine point five million for for Kevin De Bruyne. It it, it feels, it, it's too tempting to pass up. It feels like you know he did look good in the in the Community Shield as well. Obviously, the big the big question with him is fitness. Uh, I got burned, you know, last season. Brought him in, captained him, and he went off injured in the first half. So that's in the back of my mind as well. Um, you know, it, it part. It, I know it's 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 terrible to say, but part of me would love to avoid De Bruyne, and then he does he does get injured in the in the, in the first game week. But I I really shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't be wishing injuries on players. So that that is a big one for me. I'll be mulling over De Bruyne for the next couple of days. Um, second big question I've got for my team is which which two Liverpool defenders to get. So I want to get two Liverpool defenders, but I don't know which two I wanna I wanna go for. So I think for most of the summer I've had. Alexander Arnold and Van Dyke in there. Um, I think my latest one has Trent and Robertson, so the two, the two fullback fullbacks rather than Van Dyke. I think you know a lot of people are probably struggling with this. If you are going with two two Liverpool defenders, um, you know Robertson was amazing last season. For uh, you know I had I had Robertson probably thirty six or thirty seven game weeks last season. Uh, he's just so reliable. He's got no competition. He plays every game. Bonus points magnet. 12 assists, you know, and you know, he will, he surely will score a couple of goals this season as well. Um, but you know, there's arguments to be made for all these. Van Dyke, I think he got four goals, four assists last season, and he's cheaper, so that's the big draw with, with Van Dyke. He frees up that very valuable 0.5 million that can be used elsewhere. Uh, and then Trent, I feel, I feel like Trent is the best FPL option, but then he's got the threat of. He's got more threat of a rotation than the other two have. So we've seen it in the Community Shield. Uh, Matip came on. Trent went off. And Gomez went to right back. So that is always a worry with Alexander-Arnold. But I, I just feel that the points potential 
when he does play, is probably worth that that little risk. You know, even if he does miss the odd game, you know, he could score. You can easily score fifteen points any given game week. You know, being on corners, taking you know free kicks and stuff like that as well. He's just so important to the way Liverpool attack. So again, I think I'm going to be pulling my hair out over that one for the next couple of days. Which two, which two Liverpool defenders to go for? What I will say is, I don't think you can. I don't think any choice you make is a wrong choice. I think you just got to pick two, and just 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 be happy with it. And and whatever happens, then you can't really, you, you can't beat yourself up if you. You know, say if you avoid Trent and then he scores 15 points game week one, you can't beat yourself up because it wasn't the wrong decision to go for Van Dijk and Robertson because they're both excellent options as well. So I think that's I think that's what I'll do. I probably won't tear my hair out too much. Just pick two of them and just be done with it. Uh, question three I need to answer this week is, I've mentioned already, do I want Perez? You know, even though I don't feel as much love for him as others do again like i mentioned it's his price point he just he just fits in nicely uh, to my current structure um and you know i do i do think he will have a good season at leicester question four i have is do i go without man city defense so uh laporte has been in my team you know most of the summer he missed the community shield he's an injury doubt now for the weekend so all eyes will be on Guardiola's press conference to see what is going on there I've gone off the idea of Zinchenko because to me it just feels like a transfer waiting to happen when Mendy comes back Uh, the other centre back who's going to play alongside Laporte we don't know could be Stones could be Otamendi could even be Fernandinho so I'm just steering clear of that as well and big talk today that this Cancelo guy is going to come in which probably puts Walker under threat you know he could even play left back as well so Ederson is the safest route into the City defence, but I'm going for a cheap goalkeeper, so I may end up starting the season without a City defender. Um, if I don't get De Bruyne, that means I've only got one City, which is Sterling, which it just sounds wrong. You know, one of my, I kept saying last season, towards the end of last season, you know, I didn't have enough Liverpool and City players, two best teams in the league, and here I am talking about going into the season with just one City player, so... I think most likely I'll go into the season with two City players. Now, whether it's Sterling and De Bruyne or Sterling and Laporte, you know, I need to wait and see what happens in the press conference for that one. Um, But again, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy to go into the season without City uh, defenders as well. You know, looking at the fixtures, they've got West Ham, Spurs, Bournemouth in the first three. So, you know, I can, I can see I can see those teams getting goals as well. So I, I don't, you know, I think if you are thinking about going into the season without City defenders, I think there's, you know, you can justify that decision. Um, so yeah, for me, it'll be all eyes on Pep and what he has to say about Laporte at the weekend, or, or sorry, on, on, on Friday's press conference. Uh, the Another another big headache I have is strikers. Strikers is, is really, really annoying me. Uh, I can't seem to settle on a strike force that I like. Um, so my current structure is um, two cheap strikers, so two 6.5 million strikers, no premiums. Um, you know, of course that could change before Friday, but I don't think it will. Um, I think I am going to invest, you know, more of my money in defence and midfield this season and, and just go with cheaper strikers to begin with at least. So I think I've got King at the minute and Jota and I'm not I'm not overly happy about either of them really. You know, I'd rather have Wilson. You know, despite what he did to me last season, I think he's—I just think he's a far better option than King. You know, he's a better striker, and I expect him to score more goals. So, 
you know, I'd rather have him, but you know, it's it's hard to fit him in when he's one point five million more expensive, which is why why King is there, and I'm sure a lot of people are having the same thing. They probably put Wilson into their draft, and then they find they need to free up funds, and an obvious way to do so is to go Wilson to King. Um, so Wilson is the one I'd like to have from the Bournemouth attack, but I may just have to settle for King for budget reasons, and just watch and just watch Wilson score a hat trick game week one. Then, of course. Um, Jota as well, I'm not, you know, I really like Jota as an FPL option, he was excellent towards the end of last season, I think he'll have a, a big season, but it's, you know, the early season schedule is a bit hectic for Wolves with, with Europa League, I don't like the fact they've brought in the another striker as well, extra competition there for Jimenez and Jota, so as I say, it's I've got two cheap strikers at the minute. Um, and I just can't settle on, on a strike force that I'm happy with, there's lots of other options there as well. Um, you know, the likes of Delafeu, you know, some of the new strikers. Um and obviously I could I could try and get up to Wilson or Vardy as well, but that is probably the f- the thing I'm finding hardest about my team. Uh and you know, it's because I'm so unhappy with the strikers at the minute, there is the the temptation to go with just one striker. So maybe going for a I'm in a four four two at the minute. There's a temptation to go f- you know, maybe move it to a four five one or even a five four one, but I just really don't like the idea of having two four point five million strikers on the bench and just one striker up front because I just feel it does leave you pretty restricted for future transfers. Then, so I'm trying as much as I can to avoid doing that. I know I'm going to end up. I'm probably going to finish this recording and go and have a tinker then with just one one cheap striker and maybe an extra midfielder. Um, but I really don't want to do that. I just, I just, I would just rather the flexibility of having two cheap strikers in a four-four-two. So that's most likely what I'll do. So that's just a couple of things that are on my mind this week. Um, my team won't be locked in until Friday, I would imagine. Um, and I'll be, you know, as I said, I'll be posting my final team on Patreon before the deadline, as I do every week for for subscribers. So all I'm left to say is is happy tinkering. Uh, don't overdo it. Um, I think one key bit of advice from me would be try not to be logged in to FPL from you know in the last hour before the deadline. Try get your team locked in, you know, at least an hour or two before the game week one deadline because you don't want to be panicking last 10, 15 minutes because that's when you'll make bad decisions. You know, when your head's not clear. So try and get it locked in, you know, an hour or two before, earlier if possible. You know, maybe after the press conferences on Friday. Um, I'm actually hoping to lock my team in on Thursday night and then only change it if there's any major news on Friday, you know, press conferences or, or late transfers on Thursday night or anything like that. So don't leave things to the last minute. Um, I'll be back with a, another episode next Tuesday and every Tuesday then. So next Tuesday I will look back on game week one and look ahead to game week two. Um... It's great. It's great to have FPL back. Um, I'm, I'm I'm buzzing for I'm buzzing for the football night the weekend. Looking forward to sitting down Friday night with a beer uh, and watching watching Salah score score seven goals against Norwich to get it to get off to a to good start to the season. And a Liverpool clean sheet as well. Hopefully, hopefully Pookie doesn't uh, spoil the party on Friday night. So enjoy enjoy the football at the weekend. Good luck in game week one. And always remember, if game week one doesn't go well, there's still 37 37 weeks to put things right. Uh, Thanks for listening, uh, and I'll talk to you all next week.